All right, coaches, we're back with uh, Pound the Rock podcast, our, our third and final podcast with Coach Eric Littleton, head boys basketball coach at Flower Mound High School. Wanted to let him talk just a little bit, some advice for young coaches, some things that he's learned maybe the hard way, uh, some things that have been successful for him and that we can kind of take as well. Remember on this podcast, one of my big goals is to be uh, lifelong learners, to be learn-it-alls and not know-it-alls. And so, Coach Littleton, I'm going to let you go ahead and just talk about some advice for young coaches, guys either just getting into the, the business or coaches who are assistant coaches wanting to be head coaches. Just go ahead and talk a little bit about some things that you've learned over the years. Well, I have, uh, Brian, uh, thanks once again for letting me be a part of this. Uh, it's really an honor, by the way, to be able to, to share some of these ideas. Um, I, I think uh, to begin with, uh, you've got to surround yourself with good people. And, uh, uh, for example, I've been blessed everywhere I've been to have great administrators. I have great assistant coaches. At Flatmount High School right now, you know, I, I walked into a great situation where Principal Sonia Lale hired me. And uh, I just love her. And she's been tremendously supportive. Uh, on my bad days, she's picked me up and dusted me off and said, get back in the game. <laughs> and on my good days, she's been right there next to me cheering me on. And so I think that... Number one, finding the right job. I think sometimes young guys take the wrong job, and it's not a good situation, but they're so anxious to be a head coach that they take it, and they get beat up pretty good early in their career, and it kind of it kind of sets a trajectory for them that right. uh, is difficult to overcome, right? Yeah. And so I, uh, uh, well, I'm really big on getting choosing the right job, and sometimes it requires listening to some people that have been around a little bit longer. And uh, I remember as a young kid right out of college from North Carolina, I almost took a high school job back close to my hometown where they were offering me the moon. And Coach Didham, my high school coach, uh, did everything short of breaking my legs to keep me from taking the job. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm glad he did. It led to me becoming an assistant at, at Arkansas Little Rock. It led me getting the job at Edmond North Oklahoma High School. So number one, I think choosing wisely, choosing the right job. And sometimes that means being an assistant for the right guy or the right man or woman for a while uh, before you become a head coach. And so uh, I would say that's number one. The second thing is this. I just think that uh, basket, basketball cannot be the most important thing in your life. Uh, I know to a lot of people it is, uh, but it's not to me. It's not even in my top three, I don't think. It might be, but uh, I love coaching. I love the game of basketball. I'm an X's and O's junkie. Uh, I love watching film. I probably watch more film than any, anybody I know. Uh, any chance I get to talk to another coach, I want to do it. But uh, it's not the most important thing in my life. And uh, I think often basketball consumes us and it becomes a god. And I think that those gods that we create in our personal lives often get knocked down eventually. And yeah. so I hope that uh, uh, we have balance in our lives, that we have a faith system, uh, we, we have a, a relationship with our, our significant other, our husbands or our wives, and that we love our kids because I think that that, more than anything, speaks to our players. I think when our players see us being great husbands and great wives and great fathers and great mothers and still loving them, they recognize that they can do the same thing with their careers. Yeah, basketball is only going to take someone on the court so so far, so what's going to happen after that? They need those life lessons to, to carry over for sure. What 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 yeah, do you they, yeah. go ahead go ahead no go ahead go ahead no go ahead go ahead I was gonna say uh, what do you do to uh, help help with that balance I know you know turning turning your phone off uh, 
you know, what are some other things that maybe are applicable to to young coaches to find that balance? Because I think that's one of the hardest things is to not be go, go, go all the time, to not be all basketball all the time. What are some other, you know, application that maybe we can make to to help with the balance? Well, we have, uh, I, I, I would argue that this may be the most important thing of all is, is finding that balance because burnout is so high. Uh, and so, so I think turning the phone off is kind of, part and parcel of this. I really communicate to my families and to my players and to my parents, hey, you can reach me, but these are the hours. These are my office hours. And when I get home, I really try hard not to be on the phone. Uh, I try to be engaged with my kids. Uh, I record the college basketball games of the week. I'm not sitting in front of the television when I'm at home. I'm with my kids. I'll watch those games late at night after everybody's in bed asleep. but I do think that uh, building a schedule is real important. I think that oftentimes we don't have a plan each day of what we're going to do. And so I think that getting out of bed at a certain time every day is important. I believe a routine is really important. I believe knowing exactly what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, is important because we want our kids on the court to know that. I'm always shocked that, that as coaches we have this, uh, these game plans. We have these season-long plans a practice plans. We, we write out the season-long practice plan that begins even before school begins with open gym, right? And then we hit the weight rooms, and then we have our, our fall workouts, and then we have fall, fall leagues, and we have these daily practice plans that are broken down to the minute, but we don't have plans for our life. Does that make any sense? Absolutely, yeah. We, we're so detail-oriented when it comes to our programs, but you know, the biggest program that I have is, is my faith in my family, and sometimes I'm not as detail-oriented yeah. there. Exactly. And I'm always shocked by that. And so I think that we've got to have a game plan for our life. And I think that that means uh, this may be heresy in coaching circles, but uh, after my Solomon story, after my Solomon got sick, I finally said, I'm not doing Saturday practices anymore. And that's just almost unheard of. And I'm not telling everybody not to practice on Saturdays. I think everybody's got to find their thing, right? Right. They've got to find what works for them. But I just finally said, you know, uh, I almost lost this little boy. Uh, I, I'm not going to spend any more Saturdays in the gym with with people who aren't my children. And so my kids and, and my family are together on the weekends. We just don't practice on weekends anymore. Yeah. Uh, I intentionally I intentionally create schedules. And Coach Wright helps me with this. Uh, we used to when I first arrived at Flowermount, we were playing in tournaments over Christmas break. And I just said, no, life's too short to be in the gym over Christmas break. We're carving out as much time as we can to be with family. Uh, and so my families and my players know that the gym's going to be locked up over Christmas break because we're going to go be with family, and we want them to be with their families. We want our kids to go snow skiing with mom and dad. We want our kids to go to Hawaii with their moms and dads. We want them to have that time with their families. I think we often talk the talk, but we don't often walk. We oftentimes don't walk the walk, yeah. and I have to work at it. But, uh, but we build a season schedule <clears throat> that is family-friendly. Uh, I build a daily schedule that says when I walk out the door and I get in my car to go home, I'm returning calls, but when I pull into my driveway, the phone is, is turned off. Uh, I try really hard to get all my film work done at school. Now, I'm not as good at that as I'd like to do, like to be, but I don't watch film while the kids are awake. <clears throat> so when the kids are, and my wife, when yeah. after my wife and kids go to bed, I'll go get up and do some film work sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's probably the most important thing I would emphasize is, yeah. is making sure that you have balance and that basketball is not your God. 
Yeah, that's a great point. You you mentioned Matt Wright. He's one of my good friends from college. And when I was working at uh, Marcus High School, I lived with Matt. Uh, what you know, just thinking about him and and your other assistant coaches and the people that you work with and work for, and work for you. Talk about loyalty. You know, young coaches maybe have a, a, a morphed or a distorted view of what loyalty is. Talk about what loyalty means to you and your program from your, from your staff. Well, uh, to begin with, I've got the best uh, coaching staff in the state. Uh, I don't claim to be the best coach, but I've got the best assistant coaches out there. Uh, with Matt Wright and with Brian Merrick, uh, I, I think loyalty, Brian, is the coin of the round. And uh, I think one of the easiest things for young coaches to do is to have a feigned loyalty. Uh, that means that they, they, they try to pretend like they're being loyal to the head coach, but they'll make comments that are a little bit offhanded that they would do something differently. That's not how I would have handled the situation. He could have done this differently. I think those are all really dangerous territory. I think as an assistant coach, you have one of two choices. You are totally, totally uh, on board, 100% loyal, and that means even when you disagree with the head coach, even when you disagree with the head coach, you've got to walk out there in the hallways of your high school and act as if the decision that was made was yours. And if you are unable to do that, you're, it's incumbent upon you to resign. Uh, and, and so that means, as I talked about earlier, working for the right people, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're working for a, a man or a woman whose decision-making you don't agree with, you, you think that they handled the situation wrong, and you're not able to walk the hallways and tell a bunch of people that it was your idea to do it that way, that you support the head coach 100% and he did exactly the right thing, even if you did think he's wrong, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be working for him or her. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that means you've got to know that the person you're working for has the right heart. He has the right, he or she has the right motive. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, and what you're not uh, saying, and, and that, and what, that came, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And, and that comes full circle. I, I saw that at North Carolina, this idea of being loyal. You know, Bill Guthridge was a, an assistant coach for Coach Smith for close to 40 years. And, uh, and, and uh, the, this idea of loyalty to your teammates, loyalty to your coaching staff, uh, I think this is important for parents to hear. I think moms and dads have got, and this is hard, because it's hard for moms and dads to accept that their son's not going to play a certain amount of minutes. But we talk to our parents about this in great detail. We spend a lot of time talking about loyalty to the program, loyalty to our basketball family. Uh, I think this is one of the, the most important things at all. And by the same token, it's incumbent upon me to be loyal to my principal, to my administration. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm, if I had a principal who, uh, whose character or whose integrity uh, I couldn't stand behind, it's incumbent upon me to resign. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I work. I work for a principal in Sonia Well, who, who I respect immensely, who who has a, an amazing heart for young people, who tries to make the best decision uh, for the school every single day, and that sometimes means that I don't always get my way. Now I've got to be able to to not get my way, and still be able to say I totally respect her decision, and uh, I'm, I'm lucky to work for her. Right. And one thing that I, I want to mention, I, I, I think I think this is what you mean. If a, if if you and your staff are meeting behind closed doors, there's going to be dis disagreements yeah. that take place. Y'all aren't always going to agree yeah. on every little thing. But as soon as those doors open, the players, the parents, and everybody else uh, is going to see a united front. Is that is that something? Right. That that's exactly right. And uh, you know, Coach Wright and I uh, have had a, had a four year struggling match or a five year struggling match because every year. 
I threatened to start pressing a little bit more flat on high school. <laughs> I, I, I want to get out there and press more. And, you know, I'm kind of opening up the window to our locker room a little bit, our film room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to press more. And so Coach Wright and I are constantly bantering back and forth about should we press or should we not press. And uh, quite honestly, he's right. <laughs> We're not a program that's going to go out there and do our run and jump defense all the time. But when we do something that he doesn't agree with, you'd never know that he disagreed with me. That's right. Uh, now, behind closed doors, he'll disagree with me. He'll say, hey, coach, I don't think we need to. Hey, coach, hey, coach, hey, coach. Uh, and he'll even say sometimes, yeah, you screwed that one up. Yeah. Uh, you know, behind closed doors, yeah, coach, you screwed that one up. And he'll say it respectfully. Right. And I'll laugh, yeah, I screwed that one up. But publicly, to all the young coaches out there, you have got to be 100% on board. And uh, just, just as an aside, uh, there was a young guy that was interviewing for a job in one of our feeder schools a few years ago who, during the interview process, made a very innocuous comment, and his comment was, yeah, uh, the place that I'm at, uh, uh, referring to the head, the varsity coach, uh, he does such, such and such. I wouldn't do it quite that way. And for me, I'm thinking, you know, if he said that about a guy that he worked with for four years, he's going to say that about me. I didn't hire him. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got to be loyal, even in the interview process. And I think that uh, that's really hard. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really hard to be loyal to the guy you're working for uh, and I'm, pr- I'm proud to say that uh, that may be one of my strengths. I was always real loyal to my assistant coaches, real loyal to my head coaches um, uh, as an assistant in college. And that's, uh, that's built great trust uh, and, and, and great relationships with the people that I'm around. So loyalty is indeed the coin of the round in coaching. That's great. Well, Coach, I thank you so much for all your time. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts, closing remarks, anything that maybe some takeaways that, that our audience can can take from you or from uh, your message? Uh, I, I do. Thanks for asking. Uh, uh, I, I say this all the time. I, I know of no other profession, no other profession where you can change lives, impact more lives uh, in a deeper way than teaching and coaching. Uh, I have some dear friends who are, who are ministers, who are preachers that I grew up with, and they would agree with you. They would agree with me. Yeah. Uh, we're in, we're we're uh, we have more contact, more influence over more young people uh, in a, in a week than most people will have in a year. Yep. And uh, more than anything, I, I I just want to encourage our young coaches to speak life over those kids, even when you want to wring their necks. Uh, <laughs> just love them. Just love them. Yeah, love them through their stupidity. Love them through their stupid decisions. Uh, don't don't berate. Build up. Uh, you know, the worst it gets for me with our kids is, uh, I know you're better than that. I know you're better than that. Yeah. I, I, I believe in, I, I know I know you're better than that. And uh, But I, I just believe that we've got to build up young men and not tear them down. I think we've got to love on these kids and not, and, and not berate them. And so uh, I think if you'll do that, they'll do anything for you. Yeah. And you'll have them for life. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so that, that would probably be my closing admonition. That, love these kids like they've never been loved before. That's perfect. Well, Coach, thank you so much again for your time. Like I said, uh, I have a deep respect for Coach Littleton, and he's been s- super successful everywhere he's been because of you know the principles that he believes in as a person and as a as a coach, and more so you know building those relationships that are going to be lifelong and and getting the players to buy in and. The X's and O's will take care of themselves and having a great staff. All those things are, are key. I loved what you said about the Pride program. That is 
that's a super takeaway for me. And uh, thank you again so much for everything and for our friendship. It's been a real blessing for me. And I'm looking forward to keeping it going over the next couple of years. And I'm going to have to, you know, when you do retire, expect a phone call. So you'll be, you'll be at my practices all the time like Coach Stedham is for, for you. So be, be expecting to turn me down on that, okay? So <laughs> well, That's funny. I've got a, a good buddy of mine as a principal out in a, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, on the islands of North Carolina. And uh, I, I told him just this past summer, there's a house on the beach on the islands of North Carolina with my name on it. I just haven't found it yet. So, <laughs> uh, we'll, prob- we'll, we'll probably be out on the islands when we retire. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Brian.